Good morning, everybody. Welcome to today. And um, it's a privilege to have you all here and uh, to be worshipping together in the house of the Lord. And um, it feels like forever since I've been here. And um, so it's lovely to gather with you. And there's a few empty places. I know there's a number of our family away today. And um, but I'm glad you're here. And for those that are are watching online, it's a blessing to have you in that process. So today we have a special uh, guest with us, some of them, uh, to whom some of you is not unknown, but I do believe this is uh, Pastor David's first morning service with us here in Yapoon. He's usually been here at night time. So if you've never met uh, Pastor David Collins, um, today's your opportunity. You're going to be in for a treat and... uh, David and our family and uh, his family, his dad's with him this morning as well. Welcome, Lionel. And um, But we grew up together in the same area. Um, we've crossed circles in church around the place for many, many years. And uh, when David went off to the Solomons, it was, um, I was going to say it was a blessing that he went. No, it was, <laughs> it was a blessing to send him. And uh, to be, but he's been there for a number of years now as a missionary to the Solomon Islands and uh, working at Noro, and lots of things have taken place under David's uh, ministry there. So David's going to be sharing a little bit about what's going on in the Solomons, but he's also going to bring God's word to us in just a moment. I would like before we're going to jump into a video. Before we do that, I want to uh, just pray and uh, commit this time and, and uh, pray for David. In this process, Father, we do thank you for the wonderful privilege of ministry wherever it is in the world. And Lord, as we were reminded earlier in our prayer time, that uh, Father, our technology allows the message to go out far more broadly than once it than it once did. But you are not unfaithful, Father. You are completely aware of what needs to happen. And even back in the In the early church, Father, the gospel went out to all the world. So today, Father, as Pastor David comes, I do pray that your anointing might be upon him, that the blessing of the Lord Jesus Christ might flow through his words, that the heart of what you want us to hear will come through his words today, and that David's words and thoughts would align with your heart and desire for us in this church, Father, and we would not be oblivious to the message. We would not be holding back from what you want us to do. We would listen to the call that you place upon our life, that we wouldn't be hindering what you want us to do, Father, in going out into our world and making disciples. So, Father, I I thank you for the blessing of today. I pray now for your blessing to be upon Pastor David as he comes in just a moment, but may your name be honoured in all aspects of this service now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Cast your eyes to the screen and uh, watch this. Thank you. got involved in the Solomon Islands uh, when I joined a mission trip way back in 2007. What I I find about Solomon Island people went beyond what I saw in many other places. So I thought, 
this is a good place for me to go and uh, just see how God could use me here. Every Christian is called to go. Some are called to make disciples as they go about their daily lives where they already live. Some are called to go away from the places where they've been and make disciples in a new setting. That is, go out of their comfort zone, both emotionally and physically, and go into another culture, even overseas, to places abroad, to the unreached, the unloved, the poor and the lonely, to reach every corner of the globe and every unreached heart with the good news of the gospel. Cross-cultural ministry carries blessing you wouldn't receive if you made it home. Cross-cultural workers give up many things, comfort, extended family, a network of emotional support, command of language, position in a culture, etc. But cross-cultural workers also gain many things. Wonderful memories, new relationships, house help, the privilege of witnessing God at work in a new place, and a new and fresh perspective that you might not have elsewhere. If you're one of those that have been called to go, or you've been called to make disciples as you go, don't ignore that call. The goal is to raise up a people that are empowered to be missionaries where they are and overseas, wherever it is, that there might be missionaries going from everywhere to everywhere. Oh, don't mind me, and just seeing I've got a, a missed call from Ron, and uh, he said I was supposed to bring ice cream for uh, morning tea. <laughs> Sorry about that. Anyway, but <clears throat> maybe you're like me, you have people trying to contact you and they don't get through straight away. Maybe uh, you see that name and say, oh, I don't want to talk to that person at this point, but um, it's far worse if we miss the call of God, isn't it? And the consequences are much greater. And uh, I thank God that uh, there have been times that I haven't heard what he's been trying to tell me, but 10 years ago, I sensed that uh, leading to go to the Solomon Islands. And uh, I've been up there for uh, most of that time. <clears throat> so my world, uh, if we just have that first slide, uh, is... Uh, there at the training centre, and uh, I'm one who is seeking to uh, assist the church in the Solomon Islands as they develop their leaders, particularly with uh, equipping pastors for the ministry and uh, seeking to serve him. So uh, that's uh, been what I've been up to. Uh, since I've last been on home ministries, which has now been five years, it's been a very hard and difficult time for me. I have to say, and uh, I haven't seen, I think, uh, most of you in that time, but uh, it's been really challenging, and I could uh, 
just go into a lot of detail about that. Of course, the pandemic has been raging through most of that time. And uh, as soon as we uh, heard about that, I got out of the country and then I was stuck in Australia, uh, wanting to get back. The borders were closed. But as a resident, I had the uh, opportunity, it seemed to uh, get back to the Solomons, a lot of hoops I had to jump through. And uh, I got back to the Solomon Islands in the beginning of 2021. But uh, having got back up there, uh, life was pretty hard. And uh, we uh, sought to continue with our training that uh, we were planning to do uh, through that time. Uh, but uh, it wasn't easy. At one point, I couldn't even leave the island I was on. I thought if something happened to me or someone else uh, in Australia that I cared about, it was just impossible for me to uh, get out of the place, not even get up to the capital. But uh, we uh, persevered with uh, what we were seeking to do and uh, that was a really difficult time. Also, uh, we've had many challenges with the training centre. Some of you have been up there and you know that... Uh, we don't have uh, everything there in the Solomon Islands like you have here in, in Australia. And so we're off the grid with our water, with our electricity. We don't have uh, people who can help us uh, fix things that go bung. And then certainly uh, trying to source uh, what we need is not that simple either. But as I uh, reflect on this time, which has really been difficult, I have to say, it's also been the most fruitful time of my life. And just to give you some indication of that, uh, I got asked to speak at a, at a uh, young people's camp uh, about 18 months ago. And it was uh, just short notice, but uh, I said yes to that. There were well over 100 people there, and uh, we saw an incredible response at that uh, event. In fact, uh, over 100 young people made commitments and uh, this uh, photo, if we could just, yeah, this one, yeah. Uh, this uh, shows you all those that got baptised on the 2nd of October 2021. Uh, it was phenomenal to see so many. I, I, I joke about the fact that uh, they got baptised twice because uh, they certainly all lined up to go into the sea, but it was pouring rain. Um, so most of them wet before they got underwater. But uh, it was an incredible time. Probably uh, uh, most exciting, as I think about this, as you see in the next photo, 19 of my own youth group got baptised that day. And one of these guys in the back row, he's now the youth leader. However, as I, I reflect on how wonderful it was to witness this and something I've never seen before in my life, I think that... Uh, as great as all this is, what has been even more wonderful has been the ongoing work that I've been involved in as, as a trainer and working with a number of uh, people who have sought to make themselves available to become leaders and to be effective disciple makers, those that can raise up others to do the same, and that this has been my life. And uh, I've, I've been uh, convicted convinced for a long time that this is what my ministry or what everyone's ministry should be about, that we are to make disciple makers. It's not just sort of seeing, oh, great numbers come together, as wonderful as that is, uh, but it's more what we are doing in investing in people's lives 
seeing them raised up so that they can do the very same things that we are doing. Because that's how the church has, uh, has expanded and developed and continued down through the generations and spread across the globe over the last 2,000 years. It's been that process. And so that's what my heart has been. And I just want to uh, introduce to you a few people who have been my students. I've had over 100 students now. But I'll give you uh, uh, some insight into the people that I've been involved with. The first one that I want to show you is a guy by the name of Ray Akers. Now, Ray uh, came to us in the middle of last year. I put his photo up on Facebook, and uh, then I got a response from uh, the wife of another Ray Akers. Well, because he was named after her, after her husband. Ray and Gwen Akers, maybe some of you know these guys. They were missionaries in the Solomons uh, before myself, and uh, they had a little baby, or Ray had a little baby named after him. So uh, they kept praying for him. They didn't know what happened to him. Uh, but uh, then they uh, found out that he's now my, one of my students. So uh, it's been exciting to just see how this young man's developed. I had a teacher come up from Australia last year, and she was teaching uh, biblical counselling. And uh, she said uh, to me that this young man, who one of my, student, one of my younger students, nevertheless, uh, is your most gifted counsellor. So I'm looking forward to what God's going to do in his life in the years to come. Here's a photo, this next one, of a, another young student of mine, Louisa. She came straight out of school. And I think uh, many people think, oh, it's not a good idea for someone to come straight out of school into Bible college. Let them go and experience a bit of life and whatever. But uh, the thing that I think uh, in terms of people seeking to serve God, that uh, you can't start too early to get ready to do that very thing. And uh, that's uh, encouraged me a lot to see this young lady say yes to God and I want to go and serve him. This next photo, uh, you see this handsome bloke, uh, the one on the right actually. Uh, yeah, I <laughs> just thought I'd get it right. I don't know, my left and my right. But I really mean that one with the beard. Um, <laughs> and uh, he lived right next door to us for many years. We knew about Jeremy, but we didn't have that much to do with him. And I thought, uh, you know, that's typical of many of our lives. We're so busy doing our thing, we don't even know our neighbours. But uh, it came to a point where, with our evangelism training, we want to go out and uh, talk to some people. So we made some appointments. We said, we want to come visit you and have a chat to you. So that's what we did. We showed up at Jeremy's place and we shared the gospel with him and there was an immediate response from him. It was almost like, where have you guys been all this time? <laughs> because he was ready to go. There was nothing holding him back. And uh, Jeremy, not long after that, became one of our students. And uh, then his wife, who was a teacher, uh, she got a transfer with her job to another island. And so he's not there next door anymore. But uh, before he left, uh, we uh, said to him, you go with our blessing, Jeremy. Uh, you go and become a missionary somewhere else. And uh, it's uh, great just to share his story. I can tell you another story about Willie. And Willie uh, lived on site. He didn't live next door. He lived on site. 
And he uh, was one of those uh, young men with his family came and those who've been up to the Solomons might remember Willie. He was working at Soltuna, which is a factory uh, down the road uh, where a lot of uh, people work in my town. It's a big uh, tuna cannery and uh, providing lots of employment for people in our local area. But he came to a point and he said, I want to become a pastor. And so uh, he uh, started doing some training with us. But only three months into his study, he suddenly died. And it was a big shock to us. Even uh, Willie himself didn't realise that uh, his heart condition was not real good. And uh, the healthcare in the Solomons isn't great. And so he uh, got sick and within a couple of weeks he passed away. But uh, I share his story because he was in a wonderful place uh, with God just before he died. And I thought, what a way to go. It's an inspiration to me. Always be ready because it could be any time for any of us and uh, be in the best place we can be with God. This next photo is uh, one of our other female students, Vivian. But she's not uh, from the Wesley Methodist Church. She's an AOG pastor. And uh, there's different reasons why she came to study with us. It was more convenience uh, rather than anything else. But uh, as you probably can imagine, uh, with her in the class with all these Wesleyans, she was a little bit shy. And uh, I thought, uh, how's she going to go when I get up, get to her church and watch her preach? Well, she was a dynamo when she got up to preach in her own local church. And I say to people, I almost got saved that day. Uh, but, uh, well, it actually happened before, but, but uh, Vivian um, is an inspiration uh, because uh, she's given her heart to God and God's able to use her. This next photo is a photo of um, another young man that lives on site who was uh, working for us, in fact, Jason, and uh, he's the guy there on the left. You see him there with his family. His mother is holding his uh, daughter and his three sons are sort of around his, his wife. The uh, little uh, baby that she's carrying, his name is David Collins. Uh, so this is uh, quite common, as you've probably guessed, uh, that someone was telling me, uh, yeah, I was at a church last night, and this lady said, oh, this uh, missionary friend of mine, she ended up with 11 kids named after her. <laughs> so, oh, right, I've only got two so far. <laughs> But anyway, <laughs> uh, so, um, but Jason, uh, he works for us full time, but he's also studying to become a pastor. The next photo shows you Emma. Now, Emma uh, is what you might call a, a mature age student. Uh, she's almost as old as me. Uh, that makes her about 35, I think. Um, no, she's a bit older than that. She's the uh, wife of the former national superintendent. And uh, she often has said to me, I haven't had much education. In fact, she's only uh, had three years education. Uh, A bit like many Solomon Islanders, the average Solomon Islanders had about five years schooling. And uh, so they find any sort of training for ministry quite challenging, especially uh, the fact that uh, what they read and write, uh, they don't have to write in English, but... Most of them try to do that. A lot of the com- communication happens in pidgin, the language that I've learned, but uh, they do find it hard uh, with the learning. But she tries really hard. And I often uh, tell people, even though 
Emma likes to tell me I haven't had much training. Nevertheless, she's one of the best preachers in the church up there, and that's great. This uh, photo that's coming up next is Horton. Horton is uh, one of the students I've had over a long period of time. When I got to the Solomons, we had eight of the uh, ministers in the church who had been ordained. And uh, I've uh, worked with a number of students, as I've already said, over a period of time. So Horton Horton is uh, the eighth student of mine now who has been ordained. And uh, we've had another one of my students ordained just after I left the Solomons a few months ago. And uh, one other student, which I'm about to show you, uh, he's getting ordained next year. So here's Mark. Uh, another next photo shows you Mark. And uh, I joke, well, he's actually older than me. So he's quite a bit more than 35, I have to say. <laughs> uh, someone was asking me how old I am. And I did tell them that. But you don't tell anyone, Phil. That's a secret between us two. Uh, so... Anyway, so Mark hopes to be ordained next year. And in fact, he's pretty much finished all his studies, got a few assignments to complete. The uh, next photo I want to show you is Isaiah. We've got two more students. Isaiah is standing there with his family. Uh, his wife has got the uh, pink lay around her neck, three kids also there. I, I say Isaiah is our star student because uh, in a little over two years, he's done 18 subjects. So he's worked really hard, full-time student, over four semesters, and uh, he's done uh, a couple of short courses as well. Uh, but uh, Isaiah lives a very busy life, not just as a full-time student and a husband, as a dad, but his wife works at uh, Soltuna, and so five or six days a week, he's up around four o'clock in the morning, and that's to take his wife to work, because that's when the shift starts, and uh, he walks with her in the dark up to the bus stop, or if uh, she's doing a different shift, he's up there at four o'clock to collect her from the bus stop and bring her home. Uh, so very busy life. This last photo I want to show you is Richard. And Richard uh, has been with us a long time. He's been one of my students, but he did uh, four years training up in Papua New Guinea at the uh, Christian Leaders Training College. And uh, he, he worked really hard. He, in fact, in his last year, he topped the class. Uh, and that's a, this is a big training centre, the, the, one of the biggest in the whole Melanesian world. So he did really well. But sadly with Richard, even though he's been assisting me in training for a number of years, he uh, has an eye condition. And in fact, he's on leave at the moment. We're looking at uh, perhaps uh, getting him to Australia so that he can see some uh, people here who might be able to help him because we've exhausted all of our options at Solomon Islands. He's been to see specialists in Honiara and no one there can do anything for him, but I think there's a chance that something can be done for him. But in the meantime, do be praying for Richard. I noticed when I came in that uh, there's some uh, supporter cards for him out there in the foyer. So you guys uh, probably know about him already. But... Uh, as I share with people about all the different ones that I've uh, been involved in, or not, or at least some of them, the thing that uh, comes to my mind is the work that I've been involved in, it hasn't finished yet, and not to say that, you know, however long God has me there, I'm going to finish everything, but I do believe God wants me to continue and to uh, just uh, travel with uh, these guys in the Solomons for a period 
longer, at least for another term, and uh, see what God can do in that period of time. I made it my goal over the time I've been in the Solomons and, and well before that, that, as I've already said, it's about reproducing myself in the lives of others. So that involves uh, relationship, it involves intentionality, it involves uh, looking at what we're seeking to achieve. I look at Jesus, he was very much into helping his followers develop their spiritual disciplines, teaching them how to do ministry, and uh, that's the path that, that I want to uh, continue on. But it's not easy, is it? It's not easy. Sometimes we find that uh, if we've been on this road for a while, that uh, there's lots of reasons we might think, oh, I can't keep doing this. But like the Apostle Paul, my uh, goal is to keep going and to press on. As he says there in Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 to 14, that uh, we need to press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. He said, I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. I press on toward the goal for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. In um, this chapter where Paul talks about this, how he needs to press on, he highlights uh, the call of God upon his life. That was a call to know Christ and to uh, just come into that uh, relationship with him and to serve him, of course. And uh, that's what uh, God has called each of us and that we identify with Christ in his death and resurrection. That means we identify with Christ in, in dying to sin and receiving that life that uh, takes us on to live a holy life, a life like Christ, loving God and loving others. But uh, if we are going to fulfil that calling upon our lives, we have to keep going. It's not just something that happens in a moment. It's, it's a process uh, that needs to continue. And so we need to continue believing grace and exercising our faith in Christ through action. That's what pressing on involves. But uh, if we are to press on, as Paul highlights here in this scripture, it involves different expressions of uh, how we press on uh, towards what God is wanting us to do. And uh, this involves uh, appreciating God's faithfulness to us and, and matching that with our own faithfulness and expressing that in different ways. So what are they? I want to just highlight these uh, as I wrap things up here this morning. First, we need to keep forgetting what is behind. This is what Paul said uh, there in verse 13. We need to abandon any idea that uh, we might somehow make ourselves right with God by our own efforts. All right, that's what he's saying. I'm, I'm letting go of that old way of thinking uh, that somehow... I can get in right relationship with God by my own efforts. Because Paul had a, a revelation of grace, as you can appreciate there in the book of Acts. We read the story. And it was something that grew on him over time in terms of his understanding. And this is clearly spelled out in his writings as we appreciate that he came to understand that no matter what failings, no matter what successes, were there in his life, his relationship with God wasn't based on that. It was based on the fact that God had done something great for him. It was a gift of grace. And uh, he mustn't impose this kind of thinking on others that, 
or if you do all these things, then you'll be right with God. No, it's what God has done for you that makes you right with God. And uh, so he was saying, I have to let go of that kind of thinking. Maybe it was still tempting for him to go back to that way of thinking uh, and to grab hold of legalism and even impose that on other people. But he came to value the fact that he had to let that go and it was putting it behind him. Jesus, uh, I believe, uh, actually communicates something like that when he said in Luke chapter 9, verse 62, anyone who puts a hand to the plough and then looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God, all right? We're not resting on our laurels. We're not sort of looking down on ourselves because of something that uh, we might have done in the past or even something that might have happened even recently. Grace doesn't grab hold of that and uh, thinks, well, I'm not accepted by God. No, God accepts me because of his love for me. I just need to believe that. That's why Jesus died on the cross for me. So what does it mean to keep forgetting what is behind? Well, we don't measure ourselves by what we do. We don't think I'm a good person because this is how I'm living now, all right? We're not thinking that somehow that counts for anything. No, what counts is what Christ has done for us. And uh, that's our appreciation of uh, our life with Christ. That is what he has done. God is not impressed by our good works, but uh, he is looking to us to trust in him and see what Christ has done for us to save us from the life that we once lived. Yeah, that's part of it too. See, Romans 6 uh, highlights uh, something really important. We need to take on a new identity as faithful followers of Christ that we are forgiven and freed people, all right? So don't look down on ourselves, but also realise that we have the power of God in our life to not live the way we once lived. So if we look there in Romans 6, as I was uh, just mentioning that, sin is no longer your master, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. Now you are free from the power of sin and have become slaves of God. Now you do those things that lead to holiness and result in eternal life. So this was the thinking that uh, Paul wanted to make sure that uh, he got right in his own mind. And of course, he was communicating that to others in writing his letter there to the Philippians. And that's how we must see ourselves. We have, we have a freed will and uh, we have the capacity to live the life God wants us to live. But it's not because of something we do, it's because we're trusting in Christ. We can only live the way God wants us to live to the extent that we are trusting him to enable us to actually do that. So he's saying we need to forget that which lies behind. We need to also forward that which lies ahead. This is the other thing. He's saying we're not staying with that old way of thinking, that old way of living, but we're moving forward. And this is the second expression of continuing faith, where we fully abandon what we had before, but we embrace something. We let that go and we take something else that is good for us. And so we keep forwarding what lies ahead. And I think the thing that Paul is trying to say here very clearly, he's saying there's so much more than just coming into a relationship with God and thinking, oh, I've arrived now. No, he wants to change us. He wants us to mature. That's what God had in mind, to set us free, not just 
from the consequences of sin, but from sinning itself. And so this is what uh, Paul is uh, communicating here, to appreciate that and to move forward into that maturity that uh, God has in mind. If you look at uh, what Paul probably wrote in Hebrews 6, this is uh, the thought that's coming through there to exercise a mature attitude. As he says there, so let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again, and let us go on instead to become mature in our understanding. Now, how does a person become mature? Have you ever thought much about that? Uh, you know, maybe we're told you, you just must grow up or you must do this or even you must trust God. But there's something else here too uh, that uh, comes through in the scriptures there in Philippians 3. And uh, what Paul highlights there is that you can imitate godly people. There are people that God puts in your life or you become aware of and we have access to knowing about more people today than ever before with the internet and uh, news that travels around the world, even opportunities we have to travel. We can expose ourselves to people who are mature in their faith or maybe mature in certain areas and we can learn from them. And so this is uh, what Paul is saying. Look at those people and learn from them. As he says in Philippians 3, uh, verse 17 to 20, <clears throat> Straight after this text that I'm made as my key text, he says, Dear brothers and sisters, pattern your lives after mine and learn from those who follow our example. He's saying this is related to the forwarding what is ahead. You've got people to travel with you. You've got people who can help you grow. And you see what God has done in their life. He can do like that kind of thing in you as well. Why wouldn't he? Of course he can uh, there's nothing stopping that from happening. And so this is where we value the relationships that we have with God's people and see that they are a gift to us, the body of Christ, and the spiritual gifts that they have uh, because as we exercise our spiritual gifts and serve one another, the Scriptures tell us that helps us grow. That's, it's, not, it's not just about looking at other people, but it's about receiving ministry from them that actually helps us grow up. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 to 16 says, These are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers, and their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work to build up the church, the body of Christ, and uh, to continue until we all come to such unity of faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord. That's the whole purpose of it. Ministry is not just to make us feel good, it's to change us, it's to make us grow. And uh, we can minister effectively to one another, one to the other, and in that process, maturing can actually take place. The, the last point I want to raise here in terms of pursuing God's call upon our lives and uh, just uh, exercising faith in trusting him so that uh, what God wants to see happen actually takes place, is that we accept that we need to keep finishing what was started. That uh, God started something and uh, we mustn't give up, but we must keep going and keep going as hard as we can. So what has God started in our lives? Many people, I'm sure, here today 
could testify to what God has done in the past, something that maybe happened even at a moment in time and you had a real encounter with God and you started a journey and off you went. And maybe you've been on that journey a long time. The issue is, where are you right now? Because that's what's counting right now. Not what's happened in the past and even how much you've grown, but are you finishing what God started and you continuing with that and uh, allowing God to do all that he wants to accomplish in your lifetime for as long as he gives you that life? And I think uh, many people, and I've found this in even in my own experience at times, it's like we, we lose our way. And it doesn't sort of happen in a moment, but you wake up one day and say, how did I get here? And what's happened? You know, you know I even look at uh, what happened 18 months ago, and uh, that was incredible. But where am I right now? You know, am I still travelling the way God wants me to go right now? Uh, am I finishing what God like to complete in me. There's a, there's a warning that Paul gives in 1 Corinthians. He says, don't you realise that in a race everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? <clears throat> so this is his instruction about how you run. You run to win. That's the only way to run, isn't it? <coughs> but I'm a little bit tired. Oh, I'm, a bit, I'm a little bit older now. Or, those people hurt me and I need a bit of time to heal. Well, yeah, maybe you do. That's true. But are you running to win? As Paul says, I run with purpose in every step. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I, might, I myself might be disqualified. Sadly, the fact that you have run well in the past is no guarantee you're going to run well in the future. That, that's that's a, a warning to us. And it, it's also a case, even if most of your life is finished, to win this race, you still have to keep going <laughs> and not give up. And you need to run to win. Jesus said in Matthew 7, not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. Some will say, Lord, we prophesied, we cast out demons, we performed miracles. And he says, I never knew you. Now, this is sobering. Every time I read this text, it's sobering. Like, will I hear that? I never knew you. We're looking at a, a faithful relationship that lasts until the end, all right? And that's the challenge that uh, we must keep going and not give up, look at our lives and even ask ourselves whether we're close to the end of this life or we might think we've got a lot of it left. We don't know how long our life will last, but we need to finish well. And that means we need to run like we're on the, we're on the finish line <laughs> right now, not delay in doing that. So we need to press on. That's what Paul says, I press on. Paul is in a terrible situation when he's writing this. He's in prison. He's under 
the guard of uh, Caesar's household. And, and we don't know what sort of suffering. Could have been a situation, oh, poor me, my life is terrible. But he sang, I press on, I keep going, I'm not giving up. And I think we need to make a, a choice every day of our life. I will press on like this is my last day because uh, that's how God wants me to be right up to the end. I want to uh, just demonstrate something about this pressing on. Uh, Ron, I didn't tell you this was going to happen, but can you come up here? <laughs> Actually, he should be okay because he's seen me preach this message before, but he didn't have to get on the stage that time. Someone else did. So the Roman handshake or the warrior handshake is a bit different to how we normally shake hands. But I think this uh, illustrates how we press on really well. So if I shake your hand, it's like this. But uh, there's this Roman or warrior handshake, it's a little bit different. It's like this. We grab the forearm, all right? And the scriptures tell us we need to hold on like we are being held. And Jesus is holding on to us, okay? And you can be sure that you've opened your heart to God. The Holy Spirit has grabbed hold of you and he doesn't want to let you go, all right? But where we need to be looking at is ourselves and say, am I holding on like I'm being held? Jesus is holding on to me and he's not going to let me go unless I really force it on him. But he wants me to hang on to him like I've been held by him. And so in that is incredible strength, not only for our life but our ministry, and uh, that's how we must go. Someone was telling me, and I showed them this the other day, and they said, you know, these trapeze artists, when they grab one another, they don't grab each other's hands, they grab the forearm because uh, they don't want to drop anyone. But uh, that's what we need to do. Hang on to Jesus like uh, he's holding on to us. So you keep doing that too, Ron. All right, you can sit down now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Off you go. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Hopefully you've all uh, received one of these. This is a card for everyone to take today. And my uh, reason for getting around the churches is to just value the partnership that I have with the Australian Wesleyan Church in what uh, they're doing and uh, just supporting the ministry there in the Solomon Islands. You can pray, you can give, you can go. Some of you have done that. You can even go for a longer period of time. We're still looking for an English teacher who's going to live up there. Um, I don't know if you've heard much about that, but uh, we have funding for that from the Australian government. But I just uh, want to say something more than this partnership that, that uh, Solomon Islands has with the Australian church, and that's making this personal for all of us here today because the call of God is very personal and we need to work out what that is for us. And I believe that if we put ourselves in a place of seeking God through his word and prayer and through Christian fellowship, that we can come to that place where we work out what God wants us to do. And, of course, once we work that out, we need to go with that. All right. Uh, it's not just a matter of, I know what it is. Well, you have to go and put uh, your legs down <laughs> and not just pray. 
But uh, I just want to encourage you to go ahead with that, whatever that is. And I'll be praying for you too, that he'll show you what that is. I just want to finish with uh, another little video. This shows you scenes from my world, uh, this last uh, semester program that we had early in the year. You'll see the students and other things that have happened. And uh, I'll just pass back over to who's leading the service after this. But have a look at this next video. Thank <laughs> you. 